Welcome back to the Three Under Par Podcast. This is a golf podcast where Little White Ball is live. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, KJ and T-Bone. How's it going, boys? Good, good. Is the golf season over? It seems like it. I know that feels the, like it. I know the playoffs is coming up here pretty soon, but I don't know. At least at least major season is over. It's kind of weird. It's July, and major championship golf is over. We have to wait until the Masters in April. We have to wait till April. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I've, I always like watching the FedEx Cup and all that, but being done with majors this early is kind of a bummer. For sure. It sucks with the new schedule change that came out. Obviously, this is a big effect of that. Condensed schedule and whatnot. Um, they're trying to get the schedule really finished up by the end of, or by the beginning of football season. It's weird. Not... Because usually we have the PJ in August, and that being moved to May now. I guess technically, though, the first major is in March with the players. Correct. Right? That's correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> KJ, are you on board with that take? I love that, but I don't think we should say technically. I think it should be the exact opposite. Technically, it's not, but yes, I do view that as the fifth major. <laughs> so just technically needs to be deleted out of that. Right, right. Well, we're going to dive into a lot of that. There's a lot to get into. Big week for the British Open, the Open Championship, Worldport Rush. Before we do that, check us out on social media at 3NFRPod, the number 3, 3NFRPod, Twitter and Instagram. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, write us a review, give us a five-star rating, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably. That way we know we for sure see it. I think that's it. Let's dive right into it. British Open. It was weird seeing the weather, considering we're coming to you from Houston, where it is hot. It's like 100 degrees outside. And then the weather out there, on, especially on Sunday, was just absolutely brutal. Yeah, I was, so hoping to, I, was, I was hoping to see more of that. I felt like, you know, out of all four days, I feel like we got maybe like six hours total right. of what you view the weather to be like in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Right. Blowing 25 miles an hour, raining sideways, people hitting wedges that are, you know, moving 20 yards offline, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, balls bouncing out. That's the thing with there not being as much wind consistently. Of course, didn't dry out as much, so you weren't getting that link style type play. Yep. At the beginning of the tournament, guys were throwing darts like they were playing. It was in a the birdie States. fest. I know. Huge birdie fest. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. Just wasn't mentally prepared for it to look like that. Right, right. T-Bone, what'd you think? What were your initial thoughts of just the Open Championship altogether? My initial thoughts were, this is Rory's story. Mm, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, ruined that story pretty quick. I think an eight on the first hole. It just, it disappeared. You know, like when you light like a piece of paper on fire and just turns into ash and disappears into the wind? I that mean. was the storyline <laughs> for Rory. Right there. And the thing that's – he played really good on Friday. Yeah. 66. Unbelievable. Yeah. So – No, 65. So and missed it by one. And missed it by one. Yeah, that was one of my notes because I, I didn't have a chance really to watch on Sunday. I was playing in a qualifier. Depending on the time, we may or may not get into that. That was – I got some battle wounds from on, from Sunday. But that was one of my notes uh, is that yeah. Rory was just a warrior. Yeah, we were going to talk about Rory, but I guess we can just go ahead and do it now. But – that was, it seemed like kind of the dream come true. I think arguably he's been one of the best players on tour this year. And he's got his little major drought going. And yep. being in Northern Ireland, the stars were aligning. And just gone. 
They they were they, there. they went to dust like yeah. dust in the wind from Kansas right there. <laughs> it was just it was it was pretty tough. Yeah, especially okay. Why is there internal out of bounds at the Open Championship? Y'all ever played a course with internal out of bounds before? I have not. Really, I have not, and I thought that's something that I. I don't even. Looking is at, that like, like out of bounds? It's not like it's within. On, yeah, it's out of bounds within the course. Yeah. So, they do it mostly because to like, quote unquote, protect players. So let's say like two holes. Like if you're going one way and the next hole goes right back towards you the other way, they'll sometimes they'll put an internal out of bounds so you don't hit into the next fairway and if. It's kind of a risk factor as well, I think. I take that Something back. Like I, that. I have played a couple of courses that they've on par fives that you know bend real hard. They say, okay, cart path is out of bounds, right? Because you can just yep. blow it like fifty yards left or fifty yards right, depending on which way. But I, I understand that. But that's a that's a tough thing. Some of those weren't too far offline. Like, no, they really weren't. I yeah, I was. I don't know. I've played a course in Houston. Uh, We've all pl- actually in Mont Bellevue. I know we've all played uh, it. Yeah, Eagle and Point. Eagle Point. Eagle Point. Shout out to Eagle Point. <laughs> they do course. that on seventeen. And there's a cor- I I I oh, look at that right. hole. Yes. They do that on seventeen. On seventeen, wow. it's like a pretty tough driving hole. And I bet the guy that designed the course when he started seeing people just drive it into the eighteenth fairway, just like God damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one of the holes that I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that was at regionals when when left was out of bounds. On 17, but if you hit it left on 18, it wasn't out of bounds. Correct. Okay. So, which is good because yeah, because we had our I district hit tournament it dead there left on 18 for and sure. Same same thing. So yeah, it's just very interesting. I know Ricky Fowler starting off the day on Sunday. He also hit it out of bounds, which you know to come back to Rory, it is. I can't imagine the pressure that he was under. He held. He holds the course record. Shot 61 when he was there. First time in 68 years in Northern Ireland, the British Open, the championship that he wants to win more than anything. For us Americans, it's the Masters, right? For the Europeans, especially those in Great Britain and Ireland, it's the Open Championship. First time home country, 68 years, and he probably just felt the entire world on his shoulders. The weight was just, it got to him. It really did. And But the fact that he was able to battle the way that he did on Saturday, I was cheering for him. Friday. I, Friday. I, Friday, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even get to play on Saturday. Whoops, my bad. But on Friday, he especially once he birdied 16, he just needs to come in one under, either 17 or 18, and then just couldn't get the job done. And it was electric. 65 was still low-rounded the entire tournament. Well, until Shane Lowry just dropped to 63 on Saturday, which was insane. So, uh, yeah, we weren't even planning on talking Rory to start off the the episode. but We got to mention that four-putt. He missed the cut by one. Yeah, he leaves his birdie putt short. Devastating. And then he misses misses the par putt and has a, what did they measure it out to like twenty two inches or something like that? Maybe it two was, feet. It was it was less than two feet. They measured it out and just it just McGee, shows man. that every shot matters. Yeah, it really does. Even for guys like Roy McIlroy, he sta- he he hangs around for the weekend right there if he just makes that short one. Yes, and then with how easy the course conditions were on Saturday, look, nobody was going to catch Shane Lowry shooting. He had the 36-hole lead and then going out shooting 63. That's literally the second lowest number in major tournament golf, period. And so he wasn't going to catch him. But look, if Rory, he, was, he was fully capable of shooting at probably 64, 65 with how, frankly, easy those conditions were on Saturday where he could have just shot up the leaderboard. And 
I'm not saying he would have won, but he would have been. He could have gone for that backdoor top ten that he's known for almost known now. For right now, <laughs> and he would have had the whole every fan behind him too. He would have been riding some energy for but. sure. But we do need to talk about the other Irishman who actually won the event, mm-hmm. Mr. Shane Lowry, your 2019 champion golfer of the year. It was cool to watch. I'm not going to lie. Shane Lowry, I didn't even realize he won the Irish Open when he was an amateur in 29 uh, I think in 2012 if I'm not mistaken. He won his national championships as an amateur and he's won a couple of big events. He was in contention at the US Open, I think the final group at o- Oakmont. Oakmont, yeah. That's where he won the I, he won the Bridgestone WGC. So he's, he's kind of really put on the map for me there. Right. See, seeing him being able to play Oakmont in the toughest conditions. A U.S. Open. A, yep. a U.S. Open. That's when you know a guy can play, and he's going to be around for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think anybody saw him doing what he did. He looked like no. he was playing a different golf course than the entire field. He really did. The entire field. Yes. Something I just thought about. I think back to the last two British Open champions, and just how are those guys like, Technically, some of the best golfers or athletes. Like, they're champion the golfers year. of the year. And you got <laughs> short, lumpy, and then you got big, lumpy guy. Like, they're just... <laughs> ju- they're just... No kidding. How are those guys... Francesco and Shane Lowry? Yeah. <laughs> Lowry uh, does kind of look like an oversized leprechaun. Yeah. He really does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And his caddy looks exactly like him if you put another 20 years on him. Yes. Beard, face structure, everything. I was like... That is that that's a, that's is that his dad? I had to wonder that for a while. Yeah, is it like some sort of relative, maybe an uncle who got him in the golf, maybe? And yeah, I, was, I don't know. It looked exactly like him. Yeah, Shane Lowry. He just seems like the kind of guy that we would like to play with. Like you know, kind of a chunky dude. Like he's got the beard grown out. He just happens to rip the golf ball, and he's the champion golfer of the year. I mean, that is an all timer in his own country, and it was kind of cool to see like northern and southern ireland come together you know they say that in golf irishmen they claim the entire island and it was really cool the like the entire community so i didn't really get to watch sunday qualifier but watching saturday just at the 54 hole mark it felt like he was walking up the 72nd hole oh yeah people were almost just crowning him at that point it was so hyped and like such a great moment that i didn't want it would have been like a Totally tragic loss if he didn't pull it off on Sunday. <laughs> like because it really that he did, wouldn't come back from. Yeah, it really did look like he was walking up the 72nd right. hole when it was the 54th. I think Saturday was just his day. He hit one shot. I have no idea what hole it was, but he was kind of in the in the fescue, and he chops it out, and it goes up the hill by the green, yep. back into the fescue, and then just trickles down to like – Four feet. After I saw that shot, it was from like 192. It's like today <laughs> is his day. Today <laughs> is his day. Yeah, because Fleetwood was trying to make it close, but I don't know. It just wasn't really working out too well. I mean, Fleetwood, we talked about him last week. Guy, keep your eye out for. Ended up finishing second. So good showing for Fleetwood. But T Bone, I got to give you mad props here. I'm not going to lie. You picked Shane Lowry in one of our pools. And I called you on Sunday after the tournament. I was like, what what the hell, man? Like, how did you think to pick Shane Lowry when everybody else was either picking Roy McIlroy or even Graham McDowell 
or hell, even day, even uh, Darren Clark. Some people, by the way, too, Darren Clark looks so fly out there <laughs> with that just silver fox hair. I love that. But nobody was picking Shane Lowry, and he was. I think he was ranked like thirty first or thirty second in the world coming in. So it's not like he's a scrub player or anything. But how, but how did you pick him? A few things before I go on that talking point. Okay. Continuing on the the body shape and athleticism of past. British Open champions. We have Darren Clark there too. Yes, who was rocking a beautiful salt and pepper haircut, <laughs> no hat, just just hair slicked back, and twenty mile an hour winds, and it's not even budging. Like that is some <laughs> strong dude, bro. He's <laughs> also I saw I saw something on Instagram. So we have this former champion golfer of the year, and he's on the first hole. Smoking a cigarette at 6 a.m. local time. <laughs> How is he's on his third cigarette at that's, like seven? That's why golf is the best sport. There's no other sport where the reigning champion is going to be smoking a cigarette during the middle of the tournament or game. Whatever. So there's no other sport. I heard he actually has a place there. He lives there, and he was he had been seen in all the local water watering holes like nights before everything. Like, he wasn't getting in bed early, turning mm-hmm. out the La Quinta lights. No. He was <laughs> shutting down the local Irish pub, slamming some pints, which I love. Respect. It's awesome. Yeah. Dude, he's just living his best life. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But anyways, back to – so we made picks on the air, uh, which I was I was actually taking a specific look at Joaquin Neiman. That definitely yeah, did didn't well. pan out for you. <laughs> but <laughs> what did he end up at? I don't even know. He was like five over. He didn't make the cut. It happens. Yeah. That was lower than the Tiger. I, uh, a We're going to talk about that later. I am a kiss of death if I pick you. <laughs> Anyways, we made a few picks on the air. I think I picked Fleetwood, which was which was good. But yeah. also, me and Scott are in a uh, a four-year, four-year, wow. Four tournament or four majors, whatever How it's called. How did I say that? Yeah, it's called fourmajors.com, and we did a pick them for all four majors, and it was a cumulative score. I was in second to last place. And the way it works is you can pick any player you want only two times for the whole year. Correct. So I'm in second to last place going into this, going into the British Open. I've already used up Brooks, and I've just, all of my picks have been terrible. So (laughs) I'm thinking about it. It's about two hours until they tee off on Thursday. And I go, I I did say this on the podcast last week. Someone random is going to win this. You did. Someone weird is okay. going to win this tournament. We're due for one. We got to give the boy credit. And so. and and he said Snedeker. Someone likes Snedeker, and I saw Webb Simpson up there. I was like, God, T-Bone <laughs> is way too right right now. I'm not happy. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just scrolling. I'm thinking, who's going to be my random guy? And I see that Irish flag, and I go, that's it. Wow. Shane Lowry. He's going to be He's going to be up there. Mad props. And <laughs> I have no idea how the hell that happened, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. And I ended up finishing, I want to say, third in the pick'em overall. Went up I about so. seven spots. You so shot up the leaderboard. That was cool. Don't win anything, but it's pretty tight. Yeah, I guess shout out to our friend Rex for for putting that together. Uh, he even made it to you know that website isn't the best website. It's not. It even crashed on <laughs> Wednesday night, like right before like people are trying to submit their last picks, and you know, over in England, the tea the tea time started like twelve thirty or one a.m. And it's like 10 o'clock and the website crashes. And we're like, oh, crap. Like, what are we supposed to do? Anyway, so shout out to Rex for putting that together. Season-long majors picks. But, you know, Shane Lowry, it was really cool. The entire community just embraced him. He was soaking it up. He's living his best life, too. 
seeing some of like the videos that have come out now since it's been about 24 hours of him just like in the pubs mm-hmm. holding the claret jug just celebrating he's it's still in amazing. his golf clothes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes he's in his golf clothes that's awesome man i saw one picture today on instagram that was hilarious i think it was from golf golf digest reposted it from shane lowry and it's the picture of the claret jug in his bed on a pillow and it goes i pulled last night with the i i heart emojis yeah. right next to it like yeah he pulls he pulled the Claire jug. It's awesome. Yeah. Respect. He, like I say, he just seems like the good old boy, just loving life, living life, champion golf for the year. Like it does if you're Shane Lowry, it doesn't get much better than this. It probably won't. I can't think of how. I don't think he'll win another major, but hey, the stars aligned this week. He tore it up. Sixty three? Yeah. yeah. That's that's wild. It's pretty solid. So big shouts to Shane Lowry. Definitely deserved it. Even though on the last day, nobody really made it interesting, at least to my understanding. Like, he ended up winning by, I think, five or six shots. Just There's one dominated. chance when he had, like, a 10-footer for par, and Fleetwood had a birdie putt. We could have seen a two-stroke swing, but, of course, mm. they go par-par. And then after that, you're just like, well, that would have still only gotten Fleetwood to three, and there wasn't right. much golf left. So, I mean. I mean, if you're within three, like, anything can happen. Yeah, look at look at. God, that no, we're that not. We're not gonna card, bring that up. That scorecard eight and then seven, eight, first hole, finished with a triple. That hurts so bad. Yeah, Ooh, it's tough because it was just like mental mistakes too. He had the out of bounds and then unplayable, and it's just like ugh, that was bad. But the northern or the Irishman takes home the open, his own his home country. I love it. I love it. Is there anything else that you want to add, at least on the Shane Lowry front? I mean. Well done, respect. Yeah, that big was, congrats. Last was, major of the year. I'm content. Even though it was a no-name, like I've said on this podcast, we never really cheer for the no-names. Uh, I well, wouldn't I necessarily would say name no-name, right? Not a no-name, but... I mean, give he, the man the respect so. he deserves. Yeah, he, He's well, top low 30 key. in the world. Like, is he really? In. Yeah, coming in before he blew everybody away. Low-key, then, is what I meant to say. Yeah. That's if you follow golf, you know who Shane Lowry is. He's under the fair. radar. That's fair. He's not known to your average fan. I'll give you that. That makes sense. But so, what did y'all think of Royal Port Rush just in general as a golf course? Do y'all have much thoughts? I liked it. I, I would have liked, like, like I said, I would have liked to seen it play firmer and more like your, you know, open style championship. But yeah, you know, weather doesn't always agree with it. Mm-hmm. But we did have a couple shots bounce out you know, 30, 40 feet when they're hitting nine irons in on that par three. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that was that was a little more like it. But I, I like the golf course. I really did like the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's penal if you miss it, you know, right or left, which as it should be, if you get in that tall course bushes and that tall fescue, you know, that's what the Open's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you better hit the ball in the fairway and you better have a good short game around the greens. You got to play those angles, yep. especially around the greens. Yep, right there. T-Bone, what you think? So I think there's a shot on Thursday that I really enjoyed watching that you don't see usually on the PGA Tour was the dude hitting it into the face of the bunker and then just falling on his ass. <laughs> I don't know yeah. who that was. <laughs> but uh, was, that, was that Justin Harding? That yes, sounds right. it was. It yes, was. Justin Harding. <laughs> so this guy's in a pot bunker, and the face of the bunker's about five feet tall, four feet tall. It's probably about... 
just about as tall as he is. Okay. Or yeah. a little shorter. Elevated, yeah. Anyways, he hits the face of the bunker, comes back and almost hits him, and his reaction is he just straight up just fell on his ass in a sand bunker, <laughs> and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was I, pretty great. You won't see that, like... You don't see that in the yeah, States. Yeah. Unless Stuff it's like, like Woody Austin falling into a lake. Yeah. Was that the Ryder Cup even, too? Yeah, Or the was. President's Cup? Yeah, something like that. Man, that's hilarious. Yeah, I thought the golf course was pretty cool, just in general. It's hard because, you know, people are talking about going in, like, oh, like the views, the cliffs, they're so scenic, it's going to be great. Uh, apparently, you know, the, it's the hole seven and eight were holes that they built just for the Open Championship. Brand new holes, and apparently it looked, what everybody kept saying, it looked like it's been here for 100 years. Like, all right, taglines like that, I get it. But I heard some of the players were like, hey, what are some of the new holes? Like, they couldn't even tell. So that's pretty cool. It's hard to see, though, especially with how many, like, tower shots and aerial shots that they have. It's hard to kind of get that full view. The only aerial shot that I can think of off the top of my head is at Pebble Beach for that 6-7-8 stretch. When you, like, when they're out over the cliffs with that drone shot, like, okay, you get it then. But whenever they were showing, like, people's or, like, eye view of their shot that was pretty cool because then you can actually see like oh there's actually some hills and undulations to this course where you like i think it was maybe hole five was that drivable par four when if the wind was right that little knob in the middle yeah but yeah. you couldn't even really see because the camera view was coming right. like a bird eye view but you could tell that even still some of the greens like man if you put that ball on the wrong shelf of the green like good luck trying to two-putt that sucker and even, I think on Saturday, the pen was tucked, like, back left. You had about, like, five-yard landing zone where you had to land it in. Like, ugh, that's a nightmare. But, yeah, overall, I thought it was good stuff. I think, if I had to guess, they're probably going to include Royal Port Rush in the open rotation moving forward, right? Yeah. I would say so. I mean, I don't know how soon it'll be back, but I don't see any reason why not to. Yeah. Uh, players didn't whine about it, didn't have any real fiascos. Um, besides the internal out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> I can't um, get over that. So I did hear, though, that the club used to not own the land between 1 and 18, like that little sliver of land. So it literally was out of bounds. And so whenever they bought it, they kept it as an internal out of bounds as kind of a homage, if you will, okay. to the way it used to be. But still, like, times change, yo. Let's, let's bring it up. I think if a course is selected for the British Open or the U.S. Open, it's probably going to stay there unless something bad happens. Like Chambers Bay, the U.S. Open, everyone's complaining about the bumpy greens, things like that. But for the most part, whoever's managing the course or whatever, greenskeepers, all that, everyone that goes in, that's involved in that process, are going to do anything they can do to make it immaculate. Yes. And that'll probably keep it in the rotation at least for a few years. Right. So I actually heard this this afternoon that the Open Championship – it's been played 148 times, right? Since like 1860s. Throwing a couple world wars in between there so they had to cancel it a few years in between. And But 148 times, they've only played the Open Championship on 14 courses. 14 out of 148 times they've played the tournament. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> KJ, you just look dumbfounded right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of unbelievable. Seriously. And as opposed to the U.S. Open, which has been played, I think, on 53 courses. That's more believable. Jeez. Out of 100 and, what, 19 or 120 playings-ish of the U.S. Open now? 
Yeah, that 14. That's insane. So the fact that they're even adding a quote-unquote new course to the rotation is that's, a really big deal. That sounds like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So the response was great. I, I'm ready to start talking about some other people, some other headlines we saw, if y'all are as well. Brooks Kepka. Well, first off, before Brooks Kepka, I want to give a shout-out to Lee Westwood because we, we were talking about Darren Clark a little bit. Lee Westwood on Saturday for a little bit, I thought he was going to turn back the clock. And it's like, man, he's 46 years old. He doesn't give a care anymore. He just he's got his wife gonna, on the bag. He's dropping like yes. 80 footers. <laughs> like, is it finally his time to win a major? That would have been cool. It was not. That would have been cool. I did hear though that I think Kepka maybe bogeyed the last hole or something like that. So Westwood ended up T4, and so that actually gets him into the Masters for next year, where he has had a lot of success. So we'll nice. see if Westwood. Uh, Maybe early pick. That for would the be Masters. crazy. That <laughs> would be crazy. It's like, yeah, Tiger Woods wins the Masters, and the year after Lee Westwood wins, like, what are we in the mid two thousands here? Like, what, what's going on? That's crazy. So, I mean, big shout out to Lee Westwood. He's he's one of those guys where he should, probably should have won a major at some point. It's just unfortunately, he played in the Tiger era. A lot of the thing or something that people always forget: Tiger's famous putt at Pebble in 08. Lee Westwood had a putt right before him to get into that playoff. At Torrey Pines. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. He was right there. That's so true. I forgot about that. He's in the final group of the U.S. <laughs> Open. He puts his first, doesn't make it. Tiger just makes the all-timer right on top of he him. He left it right in the heart, too. Just left it short. It was something crazy. I think at one point, Westwood, for a few years stretch, his worst majors finish was like fifth. Something outrageous. So he was right there a lot. Big shouts to him. It's good seeing his name on the leaderboard. I don't know. He's kind of got a little salt and pepper look rocking now. Kind of like it it, it. it did remind me of Darren Clark. Yeah. A little bit when he was able to win his Open. Yeah. Just passed his prime. Just strung together a few good days. So. All right, I'm ready to talk Brooks Kepka now. What What do y'all think about Brooks Kepka just in general? First off, his major performance this year was amazing. Amazing. He finished second, first, tied for second, and tied for fourth. He didn't finish outside of the top five in any major this year. It's cool. It's cool. I don't get it. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I don't know either. He did say he practiced. Yeah, that's true. Novelty idea. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> that actually kind of pissed me off a little bit. Just because it's really annoying for someone. And his practice I mean, is probably like a two-week practice yeah. or at most, and we're like over here trying to scrape, you know, I mean, as I don't much right. time as we can and just to shoot par. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't practice, but it, it But your shows. livelihood doesn't depend on <laughs> golf. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just – he's so damn good. I don't know what else you can say about Brooks Kepka right now, honestly. Just the fact that top five in every single major this year – Brooks Kepka though, I had a few buddies actually on a group text that were going back and forth about it today. And one guy was saying, shout out to Micah, that he doesn't like Brooks Kepka anymore. That he just, I don't know, it's almost like a persona. It's like, oh, like, I'm not trying, so, or like, I only try at majors. And he, that just like kind of pisses him off a little bit. He just think like, oh, Brooks Kepka, he's just trying to pander to like the barstool crowd of just like, oh, like, I don't care about much in life but when i do i dominate i, I don't know it's a I weird get, i get that i totally it's a weird thing i i see that i get that perspective because so has your perspective changed on brooks kepka 
No, but I go back and forth. Okay. Because the comments, like, yeah, I don't practice. I think that's kind of annoying. It's like the we only time it. you see You're me. Good. When yeah. you see me golf on TV, that's the only time I practice or something yeah. like that. Like, And then he said something like, yeah, no one hit the ball better than me, but I've putted worse than anyone. It's like, yeah, well. That's maybe such you a should. great quote. I'm not going to lie. I yeah, love but that. It's like, that's like the, that's something I feel like someone I heard in junior golf. <laughs> like after a high school tournament, you'd hear that shit all the time. Yeah. And I mean, he really did. And he's got a little more, I would take his, him saying that a little more seriously than a high schooler. But it it Fair. got like a kind of high school vibe to it. It's like high school drama. Like, oh, like I just don't care about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Too cool for school. Yeah. High schooler. KJ, what do you think, man? Because it's a weird, complicated thing I think that's going on right now. I don't know. I mean, the guy dominates so much in majors. I think what it kind of, it's a disconnect between the average golfer and it's really going to piss off the average golfer when this guy could be this good all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's almost, they almost feel like he's has the talent and he's wasting it. He never practices, all that kind of stuff. Be like, what do you mean? He, could he be finished top five in every major. No, that's, I, that's because he's talent. practicing before majors. But I'm talking about year round. Like, if I was that good, yeah. I would be practicing and trying to do that every tournament. Okay. And that's why I feel like it's a little disconnect between your average golfer. Like, okay, this I guy, I, I will never have a chance to play like this guy, and he's not even, you know, fulfilling <laughs> the potential of him just dominating all year. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, it is, it is kind of that high school bullshit. Like, I could be so much better than y'all all the time, but I just had a bad bump on that one. Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly what you said, T-Bone. You hear that shit all the time. Oh, I had this bad break. Would you shoot 82? It was a bad break. You shot fucking 82. It wasn't a bad break. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little more that goes in into that. God, I hated those guys. Yeah. Brooks Kepka is almost becoming like a polarizing figure in golf. Like, okay, think of just just two years ago. Brooks Kepka finally wins his first major at Aaron Hills, right? 2017. Nobody really knew who Brooks Kepka was before that. And then he just goes on this amazing stretch where he wins majors, finished top five in every one this year. So, and then he starts speaking his mind. You know, he comes out about slow play. He comes out about, you know, just really just finally sharing his thoughts, which is what we wanted. Do you think, though, it's one of those be careful what you wish for situations? Like, I'm curious to know if other golfers on tour kind of share the same thoughts and mentality of Kepka. Like, yes, every tournament matters, but they're not necessarily grinding over a four-foot punt at the Valero Texas Open on Thursday, right? Like, if you make it, you make it. If not, you're not grinding like you would at a major, right? As much as it does, I said I go back and forth. Right. Because I love his takes. I love that he's speaking his mind because I think that's rare with a golfer. And oh, okay, how about when he was saying golf needs to be 12 holes instead of 18 holes? Did you hear him say that around the PGA Championship? Not a fan of that. Right. So I guess what I'm saying, is those his actual thoughts, or is he trying to pander yeah, to a certain crowd? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Part of me wants to believe that he actually believes that, cause, which I even heard at the Travelers Championship on Sunday. Apparently, like, Travelers, not a major, so he was like, close to last I think it was first group off on Sunday that he didn't show up to the range until 15 minutes before his tee time hits about 10 balls and then goes to the range when I hear stories like that that makes me think like oh he's actually not like 
BS in here, but he's not the kind of guy that BS, I don't think. I don't think so. He also had a mild jab at JB yesterday. Oh, we got to talk about the Brooks JB. Uh, it was almost like a showdown that I was like, oh boy, like here we go. Hang so, on. Everybody so get a hard hat, right? A little KJ? background because these are polar opposites. <laughs> Everybody get a hard hat. Nice. <laughs> these, are, these are polar opposites in terms of slow play or pace of play. Brooks, JB might be the slowest player on tour. Yeah, could be. Even behind Bryson. He's got to be, right? I don't know. Sorry, yeah, continue. Yeah, I think he is. Anyways, yeah, there was a lot of talk about that going into Sunday. And Brooks, at one point, was, like, pointing at an imaginary watch on his wrist. And I, think <laughs> I he love had, it. I think he had some comments after the round, too. He was like, he's not slow. He just, like, isn't ready. Like, he doesn't have his glove on and yardage book out and all that. Right. He, I think he said, like, when it's your turn to hit, and you're just now putting on your glove, and you haven't thought about yardages or anything like that. Uh, KJ just shaking his head over here. Oh, Come on, baby. That's on. one of the things when we talk about pet peeves. Oh my gosh! Like I understand <laughs> if wind changes on you or something, or you're indecisive on something, but you have so much time before it's your shot. Well, I guess in JB Home, they're both yeah. kind of, they're both long, but you have so much time walking up to your golf ball. You know where your golf ball is. Okay, you know about what you're going to have. You know what the wind's doing. You already know the pin location. What are you doing? What are you doing? In JB's defense, shot an 87 yesterday. <laughs> That's why it took so damn long. You hit that, it too many damn times. <laughs> that you're not. Yeah, you're not going to play quick when you shoot 87. Trust me. 66, 68, 69, 87. This game is hard as shit. <laughs> it's a hard game. What man. a game! <laughs> Top of the world. Shit, I might be left-handed. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hearing the story, like that the video of JB, because he like straddles the ball when he lines up his putts, and he like does P the plumb bob. The plumb bob is that uh, what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. You do that sometimes, right, KJ? I do that when I'm not 100 percent sure on something. Well, he was like just doing it, and and then you see Kepka like in the corner of this video, he, like rolls his eyes and starts walking to the next tee already. And then yeah, that's when he pointed to the rules official and pointed to the imaginary watch on his wrist, like that's. But that's the kind of stuff that makes me love Brooks Kepka. Yeah. And, you know, just to clarify, I'm, I'm still on the Brooks Kepka train. Like, I'm still all in on this guy. Not only on his talent, but I think he's really good for the game of golf. I think he's that disruptor right now that I think that golf needs. Um, it's almost like the hero we need, not necessarily deserve. But then again, we kind of deserve it because, I don't know. I'm just a big Brooks, Brooks fan. Also, too, like he wasn't—he's been so under the radar for most of his career until the last two years, really. I honestly, but even still, it might be a year and a half, like because everybody thought his win at Aaron Hills was a fluke. What's astonishing to think about how good he is in majors, how many majors he's won. I honestly believe he is more known for his stance on pace of play than his golf. <laughs> like it's—it's yeah. it's astonishing, right? Like this dude is just blowing majors away and. People talk and think Brooks Kepka, and they go, "Oh, yeah, pace of play guy." Like, right? It's, it's that's kind of astounding to me. It really is. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. I think, especially when it comes to majors, and like, is he putting too much emphasis on majors? Like all the other tournaments he has to play in, it's literally filling a PJ Tour requirement so that he can keep his card. Like that's the only reason why I think he plays these tournaments, and maybe he just views them more like practice rounds, too. It would be nice to see him 
focus a little bit more on the other tournaments. Just as like like I said, your average guy, average fan, like I know he's gonna be down here in Houston because he's helping uh, design Memorial Park with Tom Doak. So he's gonna be here. He's already committed to playing here. And you know what, huge Brooks Kepka fans like you want to see there. I want to see him win. Him play. Yes. I want to see him win. Him play well. Him hosting the Not trophy him on the 18th walk in and be, be like, amazing. oh, I'm bored for like seven out of the 18 holes. I didn't even know I was playing, and I shot 10 under in the least you would 20. Like, you would like, like to what? think if you're redesigning a course for the first time it's going to be on the PGA Tour, you might have a little more incentive. Yeah. Which I think will be the case. It kind of reminds me of the whole debate of NBA players and whether or not they take nights off, like on the road. Why not LeBron James, even when the Spurs, when they go on like their 18-game road stretch when the San Antonio Rodeo is going on, that, you know, Greg Popovich back in the day would sit Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Mono Ginobili, and it's almost, he's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm doing what's best for my team. But then again, it's an entertainment product, and you want to put the best products out on the court – and so when you're, especially if you're on the road team, if you're playing in Milwaukee, the Spurs don't play every day in Milwaukee. Like you don't get, and then you don't get to see Tim Duncan. That kind of sucks. Kind of the same thing if Brooks Koepka doesn't try in these Absolutely. other cities, then you're almost doing a disservice to your fans. Because there's a big difference between not playing well and not trying. I feel like you should follow him and just let him hear about it. Just level his ears if I he's not playing well. <laughs> I think Brooks, try, damn it. <laughs> Why is that guy here? Right. <laughs> I think Brooks should take the Tiger approach where it's headline news when you find out what tournament he's going to play in next. Mm, that's you know? interesting. Just play less. Do you think also, though, that's part of on us, just as fans, that we maybe expect too much from Kepka? Because at the end of the day, you are judged by your majors, right? Outside of Sam Snead's 82-win PJ Tour record. Congratulations. But, I mean, that actually really is a big deal. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to slide that under the rug. But we know Jack Nick is for his 18 majors. You don't know how many PJ Tour wins he has, do you? I don't think. I, I think it's like 63. Yeah. It's still a lot. But in NBA's, we judge you by your rings. NFL, how many Super Bowls you have. So Brooks Koepka, I think, recognizes that and knows at the end of the day his legacy is going to be based on his majors. But still, like in the present, it kind of sucks that he's not focusing on everything else. But maybe that's just his personality. He just doesn't care. Is there anything else you want to add on Kepka? I think that's all I got, at least for him. I mean, still a great year. Great year for Kepka. No kidding. <laughs> hey, guys. Nothing worse than, what, T4 in all the majors, and he won one? Yeah, literally, T4 was his worst finish in a major this year. Which kind of reminds me that Tiger Woods won the Masters. That will put a smile on your face if you're having a down day. Just remember that Tiger Woods won the Masters. That but, that story is bigger for golf, but Shane Lowry winning in his home country, that will never be bigger than, like, to him or anyone in Ireland. I guarantee you that's bigger than Tiger winning and, you know, putting Tiger back on the map is okay I actually have a question about that because I saw a couple tweets they're like this is the best moment of the year in golf and I'm like did you forget that Tiger won the Masters yeah so like all due respect to Lowry it's gonna depend on who you ask like I was an American your average your average golf fan like yeah that's a sweet story but Tiger coming back and winning the Masters like that arguably the best ever ever yeah looking back on this year would you have been surprised if you said the major winners are Tiger, Brooks, 
Gary Woodland and Shane Lowry. That's pretty surprising. Yes, aside minus from Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It was kind of a weird year. I would have probably taken thirty to forty guys over the rest of those people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brooks would have been there, but there would have right. been at least thirty or forty guys that would have won that tournament on my T sheet. Like I, I want, yeah. I wonder how far down, like Gary Woodland, would have been on my list to win the U.S. Open. Pretty far. Probably thirty or forty, I yeah. would assume. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It'll be one of those. Oh yeah, you know Woodland's a pretty fine player. Like I've yeah, heard that we'll, name before. We'll, we'll go ahead and throw him in there. We'll throw him in the ring. See what happens. Dude, I saw a video. So I actually i I kind of took some dark horses on some weird bets. Okay. But I saw a video before, and I think I sent it to you guys before the open started of him hitting his one iron launch angle, not one point one. Wait, who's this? Gary Woodland. Point <laughs> one degree launch angle. Unreal. Okay. Yeah, absolutely unreal. That's and literally a apex, horizontal. Apex, eleven feet. <laughs> 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 Just booming it like two eighty. Point one launch angle. Like that makes no sense. You can't do that anywhere off a tee because you're going to be catching grass. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, especially at the Open Championship. I, like, kind of wanted to pick Woodland because I'm like, dude, he's got that stinger, like, especially if the wind picks up. That's like, what I thought. He's going to be great. And then again, it's like, all right, if he's downwind, that ball's not going to stop. And there's probably fescue in front of the tee box, and he's going to hit it. <laughs> yeah. Overall, though, I mean, to put a bow up on the Open Championship, it was awesome. Shane Lowry, big congratulations. Brooks Kepka versus JB was a lot of fun to watch. Some other really quick headlines, too, before we completely wrap up on it. I thought about your boy, Stenson. Do you see that oh shank that he had? And then just snaps the club right over his wrist? In, or the, his in the pool that, was awesome. that I tried to get you guys into, we picked four golfers, and three of mine were Kuchar, who that – that nice little hill you were talking about in front of that par four, yep. he hit right on the down slope. Perfect drive. Uh, went out of bounds long, double. <laughs> and he never came back from that, so that killed me. Mm-hmm. And then Stinson, I see he's doing okay. You know, he's being Stinson. He's making some. He's doing all right. Not playing real great. Not playing real bad. And then I see him hit a shot that they literally have to move the camera for. And then I see him go four, and his gallery on that hole doesn't even move. The gallery with their back on the other side, it goes like over his gallery, and then he just snaps it over his knee. I was like, "Well, that's my guy too. This is gonna go well. <laughs> just go ahead and pay up." I believe <laughs> he snapped it. it over his neck. I thought, he, no, I think he snapped it over his knee. Yeah, it was his knee. His neck? That was that's that's a Thomas Peters move. Yeah, Thomas oh. Peters. That. <laughs> yeah. Who Dumpy had, by the way? Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I didn't even see his name close <laughs> to the leaderboard. Sorry, Dumpy. He did. He did okay the first day. I think. I think he shot like two hundred or something. I don't know, but speaking of Aaron uh, T-Shots, did y'all see what happened with Kyle Stanley and his playing partner? So Kyle Stanley, he is, apparently he just hit a really wayward shot, and he's playing with Robert McIntyre, and I don't know much about Robert McIntyre. I don't deal. His name was on the first page of the leaderboard there for a while. Yeah, I mean, he ended up finishing tied for six. There you go. Yeah, so... Top 10 at the Open Championship, kind of a big deal. So Kyle Stanley, he hit a bad shot, and then I think he hit a spectator that was related to Robert McIntyre. I want to say his mom ooh, or something like that. Yikes. It wasn't in the air, though. Like, it was on a bounce. 
and then Robert Mac. But apparently Kyle Stanley didn't yell four, and so McIntyre called. He called him out on it. He was like, "Hey man, like you gotta yell four. Like if you're heading to an errant, if you hit a bad shot, that's headed towards people." And then Kyle Stanley was like, "Hey rookie man, like stay in your lane, like this." Oh, yeah, it was very. Woo! It's almost golf gossipy. Maybe, maybe this is our golf gossip yeah, segment. Is. Go ahead, right here. Yeah. So according to this New York Post article, Kyle Stanley was caught off guard after being criticized by a playing partner for not alerting spectators to an errant tee shot and describing the incident as a non-issue. So, oh, Stanley said he doesn't feel like he needs to be quote-unquote schooled on the rules of golf. Stay in your lane, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know much about Kyle Stanley, really, or Robert McIntyre. Our style is very interesting, at least on the PGA Tour side of things, because us as the average golfers, we don't deal with that, <laughs> really. We don't have spectators that we hit at, even though it might help the aiming targets yeah. a little bit. So uh, some other things. Tiger Woods missed the cut. Not a great showing. His quote afterwards I thought was very interesting. That's what really caught my attention. You know, it's the Open Championship. It's cold weather. His back maybe was tightening up or whatnot. I wasn't expecting much from Tiger. But he said he just wants to go home. Yeah, and he he actually he went in a little depth that people were like, you know, something was wrong. I watched the, his opening tee shot. Yanks his opening tee shot, and he winces, and you can kind of tell. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yes. Oh, so that sucks. He's going to be hurt or something. But at the end, he said, you know, I wasn't hurt, nothing, yada, yada, yada. I just didn't play well. That's something I feel like Tiger's never said in his life. I feel like <laughs> it's always something, you know? Right. Uh, I, I just thought it was weird that he said, I just want to go home. Like, Tiger hasn't played a competitive golf round since the U.S. Open a month ago. And you can't do that. He even, like, I think he went on vacation at least a little bit. He's not. So, we, I believe next week is the WGC in Memphis because usually it's up in up in Akron at the at Bridgestone, up at Firestone. But the, with the schedule change, they moved it down to Memphis, or FedEx is being a big sponsor there. I was like, what? What? Like, you haven't played much golf. He's talking about been traveling a lot. Like, maybe he has, and maybe he actually does want to go home. That's actually how the man feels. But it's, I don't know if it's necessarily golf-related. I just never heard Tiger say, I just want to go home. Kind of the same thing what you said. He just, he just played bad. Like, that's, that's not Tiger Woods. That, that's not the boss, man. T-Bone, what you got? That's your boy, right? Sure. Yeah, I. he's just old, and fuck it. He won the Masters. Yeah, he won the Masters. That's, that's <laughs> there all There you go. Look, yeah, it's, it was just interesting, especially with the playoffs that's coming up here pretty soon. Granted, it's not a four-week stretch. It's three weeks now. And it would be great to see him down in East Lake once again trying to compete for that Tour Championship where he, he won last year. Which when everybody stormed, I thought that that was, was awesome. Good, I thought that was as good as it was gonna get. Which one thing that is great about the Open Championship, which we haven't discussed yet, is that people just walk on the 18th green on the 72nd hole. Like that is so cool. It reminded me of the Tour Championship, Tiger Woods. Oh yeah, Shane Lowry, dude. Shane Lowry is a man of the people. If there's anybody who's a man of the people, it's probably Kevin Kisner and Shane Lowry. Nice. Nice. Love kiss. Man of the people. Uh, some other things that came up. Xander Shoffley came up with the... Okay, this was a very strange situation that was going on. So, the, <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. The coefficient of restitution. Who does that remind you of? Bryson. Talking about the pen, right? 
what he said was like, oh, if the right COR yeah. coefficient restitution on the pin, that's why I'll leave the pin in. So it came out this week that Xander Shoffley's driver didn't pass the COR test, the coefficient of restitution test. And at first when I heard that, I thought that he got DQ'd from the tournament. And I was like, crap. Like, that's the guy that I said to keep an eye out for, Xander. And but turns out it was just they tested 30 people for out of the 146-player field of, like, random drivers. And essentially the COR means it's the trampoline effect. You know, how hot is the does the ball jump off the face? And apparently his was over by, like, 0.1 of whatever the unit of measurement is. There we go. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Some people try to make it a really big deal. But it was weird because the headline was really misleading, I think, on it. And, yeah. So, Xander, get your clubs right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Tiger passed. I don't think it's a big deal, honestly. Like, Who cares? You know, the, those guys are teetering on the edge of line of, like, what is legal because they want every advantage that they can get. They want to push the limits of what they can do. I don't think anybody out there is necessarily trying to cheat. Like, you don't want to throw that word out in golf. Like, that will stick with you for the rest of your life. That is a kiss of death in golf, though. Having a terrible attitude, throwing clubs. Nobody wants to play with you. Playing slow and being called a cheater. It can be even a secondhand deal. Like, oh, this guy cheated one time, and that thing will stick. Right. Phil had his – there's an old ping ping I2 wedge or something that was – Somehow passed the non-conforming groove thing in, like, the mid-2000s or something. Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't... I kind of wanted to bring up maybe a little... I don't know if this also is golf gossip or not, but, you know, David Duvall, not a great showing, kind of sparked the conversation of should he even have played in the tournament at all. What do you all think about Duvall? And then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here. So, David Duvall... David Duvall shot 91 on Thursday. Love it. Former... Number one in the world. Yes. Was taken down Tiger for a short moment. Shot a 59. and That's so true. He's part of the 59 club, and he was world number one in the Tiger era. And like, The guy could ball. And he has a clear jug. That's why he was able to play. Yep. So, he did shoot 91 with a 14. <laughs> I say I like having the old, old or past champions in the tournament. Uh, Masters does it. I don't. I don't think the U.S. Open does. The U.S. Open does not. The PGA does, though. So that that's how Daly was able to play in the PGA, and that's how he was exempt into the Open Championship here. Damn but spiders! He he did it because he couldn't get his cart. Actually, you're right. It was a tie. It was a spider bite. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> but yeah, I say let them tee it up. Yeah. You know, who, they're not going to win, and if they do, it'd be amazing. Yeah, like that. All you needed was that one Tom Watson deal yeah. to make the to case. Like it's, it, yeah, it is a sure. set in stone. They're getting into their 60 now. Right. To play devil's advocate, there the arguments were that, like, for example, Mark Halkovecchio was playing in the tournament this year. He won a Claire Jug. And, but Mark Halkovecchio still plays on the Champions Tour, right? He still plays a competitive schedule. David Duvall, most people know him for his Golf Channel commentary right now. So... The fact that he's he's more of a Golf Channel analyst and can still play in the Open kind of rubs some people the wrong way. And I guess I can see where they're coming from, but I think I'm with y'all. Like, let let the guy play. He earned it Yep, for his, his past play. That being said, Tom Lehman, it was his last Open championship. Very emotional. Uh, his son was on the bag for him. So big shouts to Tom Lehman. Uh, my dad's always been a big fan of Tom Lehman. So, yeah, shout out to my dad <laughs> on that one. So, hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, 
you know, really that's all I have for the Open Championship. A successful week, very successful week. I, I would say this may be more successful than the U.S. Open, maybe the PGA. Uh, I would probably rank this number two on the majors for this year behind the Masters. Of course. Yeah. Y'all agree? Yeah. I'd agree. Okay. Cool. Uh, I mean, great great year in golf with, with major championship golf. It's, it almost feels like the year's over, right? It's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. But we still got a lot of golf being played. I lo- I, the one thing I love about the FedEx Cup in the playoffs is they do the you know analysis like, oh, if he makes this putt, he'll jump inside. The- Knowing all that kind of stuff, it puts a little more you know a little more on each shot, so it makes makes the viewing more fun. Also, yes. the fact that it's ten million dollars is yeah, that doesn't insane. Suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about that. That's the like, only reason I watch. Like, congratulations, <laughs> you're playing for ten million dollars. Right? I'm out grinding for my eighty out here, like, <laughs> with, or maybe for a five dollar skin. That's what I'm grinding out for, not necessarily ten million dollars. But I mean, it's it's cool to see like who is your quote unquote player of the year, if right. you will. So, uh, kind of to your point, KJ, I really like seeing the guys, at least at this point in the year, who are around that one twenty five spot. Because if you're not familiar, the FedEx Cup rankings, it's a season-long race, and the top 125s automatically keep their card for next year. And then I think if you're 126 to 175, you have you go back down to the web.com finals to your championship, something like that. It's very confusing. But if you're a golf nut and a golf nerd, kind of like we are, well, are we? We just have a golf podcast. I don't We're know. We're golf nerds. Watch the web.com Playoffs and finals. Okay, I'm not a golf nerd. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> F off, man. <laughs> or at least, like I said, it's like, oh, man, if this guy makes this putt, then he'll jump up from 130 to 124. And that literally is career-changing. Maybe not necessarily career-changing, but, like, you get job security for another year. And for those guys, that is huge. I actually got a few buddies who are kind of on that cut line, so definitely cheering for them, hopefully they'll get on the podcast here soon. But obviously, this is crunch time for them, and um, they got a lot riding on the line right now. So it's going to be fun. WGC next week in Memphis. Cool, I guess. I mean, it's a WGC, but I don't think Tiger's playing in it. I don't think Phil's playing in it. Rory had mentioned that he was going to be playing in it. By the way, I don't think we touched on this. Rory McIlroy's interview after his round on Friday might have been one of the most more emotional things I've seen in golf. Just hearing the passion that he talks, you know, hate or love Rory, he always is honest with the media. And a lot of people don't like it. it rubs them the wrong way, but he doesn't pander to the media and I love it. So seeing that raw emotion was fantastic. He'll be there in Memphis. Yeah, that's kind of all I got. I don't I don't I haven't really taken a look at the schedule or anything coming up, but Stay tuned for more episodes of the Three and Apart podcast. Is there anything else that y'all would like to add? Okay, great. We're trying to schedule a outside the ropes, pure segment. Gonna have the cocktails flowing a little bit. Maybe coming this week. Maybe next week. Dare we say it's gonna be lit? I don't know. Uh, We're gonna try to get something on the books (laughs) here soon. So that's why you need to check us out on social media at Three and Apart Pod. The number three. Not spelled out. It is the number three, three and a part pod, Twitter and Instagram. Send us your DMs. Send us your questions, your hypotheticals. We'll discuss them. We've had a few people send us some questions, and we've talked about it. We'll do an outside the rope section segment. 
we haven't done it this week because we're running long on time and there's a lot to talk about with the Open Championship. But send us that way. Our email is also listed on there and we'll discuss it. We'll give you the shout out or keep you anonymous, whatever you prefer. Just let us know. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to get out of here. Congratulations again to Shane Lowry, your champion golfer of the year. And remember, Little White Ball is life.